Yo, yo, it's Abbas Wahab and welcome back. Today, I got a clip for you from this week's Patreon bonus episode. If you want to support the podcast directly, go to patreon.com slash the immigrant section and get access to weekly bonus episodes every Friday, behind the scenes content and more. Otherwise, you can enjoy episodes that drop every Tuesday. And here's an extra clip. I uh, I just watched the documentary uh, Biggie. I got a story to tell on Netflix. And wow, that was great. Every time documentaries like this come out, it's, it's like it's always amazes me how much footage they have of these people that I just never knew existed. You know, you're fans of these people. You're huge fans of their music for years, decades. And like this documentary has all this footage of like him and his entourage are like they have a video camera at every hotel of every place they're touring. How come I never saw any of this stuff? And everything that the documentary showed me made me realize just how reasonable a person Biggie was, just how, you know, uh, level-minded he was. He was, like, I thought he was the most killer. Like, you know, maybe I just got his impressions from uh, his music, but I realized there's like a million Tupac documentaries, and this is the first Biggie documentary I've seen. And I'm not talking about their live action version. I haven't even seen either. Fuck knows. Um, but I'm talking about this. Like Biggie grew up just within in Brooklyn. Like he was like his whole life was around like four blocks. His whole crew, everything. It was like trapping and rapping while they wait while they're on the corner trapping. They're rapping like it's like and he was writing rhymes since he was a kid. It's like that book, The Outliers. You, it, it goes to show that sometimes you think people just make it like out of thin air but in reality you find when you watch this documentary you realize yo biggie's mom is jamaican he was going to jamaica constantly and he get was getting access to new music and his uncle was a musician he was always around that scene back in brooklyn he had a a jazz musician that was up the street that was really trying to look out for them you know like he was so talented and he was so visible that like everyone would try to kind of like Get him off the streets a little bit or encourage him to like, yo, rap more type shit like that, that you get and exposed to that for years and having the actual benefit of being able to converse and speak and learn from a, a seasoned jazz musician is huge as a musician. When you when you watch this or sorry, when you just hear his music, it, it, so for some reason for rappers and maybe this is just uh, this is maybe this is just me, but. Sometimes something about the genre of rap, you assume people are stupid by default. And then it's almost like you're surprised at their intellect and you're surprised at their resolve, you know, to use an anime word. When you watch and you're like and you realize, oh, that's just a a prejudice I hold. It's like even though I'm hip hop and rap is some of my uh, favorite genres, some of my favorite people, Tupac. That's why I got the Tupac Biggie right there to begin with. You realize these people are smart people. And it's like you Jay-Z, for example, like you can't be stupid and get to a certain level with Biggie's a little different because Puff really facilitated the whole thing. He was just hustling, trying to make it looking for talent that he could. I don't want to say subjugate, but he could like leech off of and curate and direct in the right direction to, you know, to make it a lucrative thing. But it's amazing when you watch these Biggie was just so himself. It comes back to the Biggie versus Tupac thing. You know, I grew up when I moved to Canada when I was six years old. I uh, 
grew up in a subsidized neighborhood, right? And subsidized neighbor. I moved in 97. Tupac died in 96. Biggie died in 97. So all these, all of these neighborhoods, it was like an anthem. They're constantly playing Tupac, Biggie, mostly Tupac, because for me, not only was my older brother always playing Tupac, but Tupac has a fear of God constantly, that fear of God, fear of the Lord. You know what I mean? Lord will strike me down, have mercy on me when I see you in heaven, all that type of stuff. That theme was so consistent throughout his music, and that like jived well with the strict Muslim upbringing that I was in the midst of. You know, It's like I was constantly being told to fear God and, and what think what people uh, will think of you, that type of stuff. And... Tupac's music kind of reinforced that, right? Whereas Biggie's music was pure gangster, you know? Kicking the door, you know, right? with the 4-4. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be a lot of slow singing and flower bringing if my burglar alarm starts ringing. Like, Ready to Die, that album, is, and I asked myself, what is, if I had to choose one, would it be Ready to Die or Me Against the World? Tupac's album. Because once you get to All Eyes on Me and Life After Death, there's there's already commercial a bunch of a decent amount of commercial success driving the momentum of both of those but just like a body of work i love to compare me against the world with ready to die there's so much angst in that ready to die but there's something about tupac that tupac just seems so much more three dimensional and like both of their demises are interesting to me like tupac got wrapped up like Tupac got wrapped up with Suge Knight, who's a motherfucking maniac that that is going to lead to death of 50% of the people that just come to the vicinity of him. You know what I mean? That guy's a dark cloud, and you he's like Don King level shit. Like, you don't want to be involved. He's a killer, ruthless, whereas Puff is like ruthless trying to make money. He's got, he had a producer mindset. So Puff was chasing success, whereas Tupac got wrapped up in that whole death row thing. Like... So there's pride involved with it. And Tupac was had such a military mindset. He was so militant because his family all was like Black Panthers, single mom, Black Panther vibe. And they were both big and Tupac, both single moms. But that I think uh, Tupac's lineage is a lot more like politically involved. So he kind of took that whole thing on and he was just championing these beefs. Like, have you ever seen that MGM Grand video? And what's crazy is we were just watching this the other day. I never noticed that MGM Grand video is six days before he dies. And he's still in Vegas. So it has to be tied. And it's funny how, like, the murder's not solved. But it's, like, based on what I see online, it was an existing beef with some guy named, what, Orlando, I think, or O and Suge Knight. And it was the Tyson fight. So they're all, if you've ever been with people that are ready to watch an MMA fight or a boxing fight, or just finished watching one, you know anything could pop off. There's so much adrenaline and testosterone in the air that you could see it in that MGM Grand video. And, and if you haven't paused this video, go to YouTube, type in MGM Grand Tupac security footage. They run, Tupac runs up to this dude, smashes him, and then his whole crew, Suge Knight is in a big white fucking suit with a white hat, like looking like a pimp, like out of a storybook. And his whole crew just starts stomping this guy. And then they go to exit the casino, which, by the way, is the longest exit scene I've ever seen. And it looks like a movie. It looks like it looks like a biblical scene. Like Tupac had to go out like a messiah. It was loud, so, so ambitious, 
he had the arrogance and pride that was going to lead to his downfall. It was like nobody in history that with that Tupac's attitude lives long, you know? It's a candle that burns hot and and like bright and dies quick. You know, that was Tupac. Whereas Biggie, who was also gunned down in, uh, not also because Tupac was died in L.A. Biggie, sorry, in Vegas. Biggie got gunned down in L.A. when he was just there to visit. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. How many people have been gunned down in L.A., man? With with Biggie's, it's a little bit more uh, mysterious. Uh, Tupac, th- like, jumped the guy six days before his death while still being in Vegas. And it was a beef that Suge was involved with. And it was Suge's beef that Tupac was uh, trying to be the... When you watch that video of the MGM, you see everyone following him out. And you see the comments in the video. Man, Tupac was such a general. He was a born leader. You could see that shit. It's like... The lore of people lasts way longer than they ever will. You know what I mean? You either you're either like that crazy nigga that people talk about, and you die quick, or you chill back and you you tell the story and you were there, but you were chill. You know, Biggie. I don't know if he died as a result of Tupac because it was six months. Tupac died in uh, it was like September 13 of 96, and Biggie died in like March 13 or March 10th of. 97 like six months pass and you gotta wonder that has to be involved some people say suge knight was involved but it's like what was he not involved with (laughs) you know but now i'm wondering what about their legacies right because i think if they continued to live tupac would have gone on would have done more of like uh you know common the rapper common stayed kind of like he didn't follow the marketability of rap fully, you know. He stayed kind of true to himself, we'll say niche, whatever it is, and became kind of like more focused on political change, social movement, etc. I think Tupac would have done that more on a grand scale, you know, like a little bit of a Jay-Z thing. Not as much of a mogul in real estate and business, but more so in like social movement. Tupac would have been the type of dude to like, actually you know run for like mayor of a or not mayor but like governor and try to get into politics and maybe succeed you know whereas biggie when you watch these videos you realize yo biggie was gonna die in 10 years biggie was if a bullet didn't kill biggie that nigga was gonna be dead in 10 years yo you you listen to him listen to him his nose is always plugged he's got the deviated septum he's got health conditions up the wazoo he looks like he's about to sleep any second he's a you know that Yo, my mom, this nigga was bound. This nigga was probably diabetic from the age, born diabetic. You know what I mean? Like, this nigga was going to die, okay? This nigga was not going to live long. It's like a Patrice O'Neal of rap. Like, it's like, I, I could, I could get on a treadmill, but I don't give a fuck that much. Like, all his music, you know? Uh, What's it called? Uh, What's the fucking track? It's like. Who the fuck is this? No, no, that's warning again. Uh, it's the fucking suicide one. I can't believe I'm I'm blanking on the name, but it's like one of my favorite tracks off Ready to Die. I'm sick of people lying. I'm sick of my niggas dying. I'm sick of talking. Hey, yo, pig. Yo, pig. Yo, pig. Puff loves those fucking <laughs> ad libs. Oh, dude, he loves it. But Biggie was sick of life, whereas Tupac, weird. Tupac had a duality of like fully embracing and celebrating life, but acting in the most opposite way. You know what I mean? Like 
You see him in his videos fucking sticking his whole body out the front. Like, I was telling my boys, because Tupac champion, see, like, see, this is the immigrant section. And if I champion immigrant stuff, and I'm in it, and I'm get, and I'm handed a scenario where I could act, do an immigrant thing or not. I kind of, I feel like I have a brand responsibility almost, and I'm speaking loosely here to go on the immigrant side. As soon as Tupac proclaimed "thug life," shirt off. Now he had to handle every scenario in a thug life style way, and this was gonna end in death one way or another. He fucking stomped that dude. They shot him down. Four bullets to the chest. Six days later, and mind you, he I look he lasted six days in in the hospital alive with with that much with that many bullets in his chest, which is he's a fighter, you know. Mind you, he was also twenty five or twenty six at the peak of his health. But it's fucking it's wild to think both of them died so young and like achieved so much. And it's like it's funny because till this day I'll be driving. Their music has transcended. They're both become icons. And their music has transcended what they even originally wanted to depict off of it. Because I've been listening to the album Me Against the World and that track specifically Me Against the World on that album for 20 years. You know what I mean? Like since like over 20 years. And it's it's always meant to me like that final verse on it goes um, the message I stress. Fuck, I keep blanking on it just because I'm on video. I'm fucking blank. But the message I stress. Be, don't settle for less. Even a genius asks questions. Be grateful for blessings. Don't ever change. Keep your essence. The powers in the people and politics we address. Always do your best. Don't let this pressure make you panic. And when you get stranded and things don't go the way you planned it, dreaming of riches in a position of making a difference. Politicians and hypocrites, they don't want to listen. Like, I've been listening to that for so long and, like, make it, you know, excuse the blanking on it there for a second, but... For so long. And the other day, I was still driving and going around. I'm like, man, this nigga is young, died younger than me. I am older than this guy. Like, just like getting inspired by these lyrics. As if if Tupac was alive now, I'd just be like, yo, Tupac. <laughs> like, I, did, I don't want to do engineering anymore. What should I do with my life? Tupac would be like, got to read, consume everything. Read the art of war. You know what I mean? Mind of a general. Like, it, he was talking, that one interview, he was talking about what he was reading in like, it's all militaristic shit. You know what I mean? Like, this nigga was militant as fuck. He was going to end the same way Malcolm X. He was going to end the same way as... Nipsey Hussle wasn't that... That was just a fucking stupid shit. Nigga, that nigga was that, wasn't that militant at all. But, like, it doesn't matter. If you're going to make a change, you're going to die either way. Look at Dr. King. That nigga was the furthest thing from militant and still got hit. But still, I mean, I wanted to talk about that. It's And this picture here... Is the best depiction of that 90s rap scene. It's so funny because when Tupac got it, when they tried to kill Tupac, uh, in the documentary, you see Biggie's in an interview. They're like, they're saying that you're involved with it. Biggie, is that? She's like, no. Like, why would I do that? I have no involvement with that. I'm on this coast just trying to live. I still sell crack. And we're trying to, and, I, and my fucking Reddit dies bumping. You know what I mean? Like before I tour it. So it's like, no, I have nothing to do with that. He put it a great way. He's like, you know the phone game when you were a kid? You say something and it goes through 60 people. When it comes back, it's totally different. He's like, that's what happened. That's what happens with these beefs. Media is just like this Trump shit now. It's like medias love to create a beef. They love because people love antagonized, sensational, sensationalized stuff. 
they don't want to see like happy stuff like these two states deciding to get together versus these two states at war. You're going to click the at war thing first. That's it's human nature. Yeah. And I feel like it's been the cornerstone of news and press for centuries, if not decades, and especially now. But yeah, that's that's my little two cents on those. Tupac and Biggie, huh? Just icons. Just icons. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this clip from this week's Patreon episode. Join the Patreon, get access to weekly bonus episodes every Friday and behind-the-scenes content. Otherwise, keep enjoying regular episodes dropping every Tuesday. Until next time, peace!